We are hurting people. And we live in a desperately hurting world. Hurting is natural. Forgiveness is supernatural. And we're on a journey to forgiveness. What I want to talk about with you today as we consider together, how do we recall our old hurts in a different way? And in particular today, how do we experience empathy towards the person who offended us? And then give forgiveness as an altruistic gift, commit to it, hold on to it um, as we walk into the future. What I want to talk about today as you seek to do that is you're going to need a really good reason to forgive. Because I promise you, when you have been hurt, there will be a lot of good reasons not to forgive that will occur to you. But the other person doesn't deserve it. But um, anger is needed to address issues of injustice. It's a kind of strength. It's a kind of energy. And um, we will be very prompted to nurse resentment and keep it alive inside of our spirit. So uh, I want to talk to you about reasons. I want to invite you now to think about what are reasons for your physical health and for your emotional health and for your relational health, and for your spiritual health, what are very strong reasons for you to forgive? Start thinking about them right now, and then I'll run through some. What I want to say in particular here is it's important that you actively do this rather than just listen to me or anybody else rattle off information because it has to be your reason. You have to own it. I have to believe deeply that forgiveness is better than unforgiveness because that is the choice. Uh, I will experience one or the other. There's not really neutral territory when we have been hurt. And so for you to develop a strong reason to forgive that you own, that motivates you, really, we're talking now about the vision for forgiveness. Talked before about the idea that change always involves vision, intention, method, and vision elicits unforced desire. What's your vision to forgive? Um, Ev Worthington writes about this, quite strongly established that um, holding grudges is stressful. So we're talking now about physical benefits of forgiving. It increases your stress hormone, cortisol in the body. It increases your blood pressure, makes that go up. It increases your heart rate, increases the likelihood of damage to your heart. It can also cause digestive problems, and it can weaken your immune system, and it can interfere with your sex drive. It can actually damage your memory. And it can also, I promise you, keep you from getting sleep. So to know physical health for your body, forgiveness is a good thing. Number two, in your emotional life, emotional health. Holding grudges makes people feel depressed, makes people worried about being hurt again, makes people angry. It makes you generally more negative as you go through the day. You enjoy being around an irritable person. People often obsess about the negative event and its damage to themselves, and then they keep themselves emotion, uh, emotionally upset. And of course, all those negative emotions also upset their body. I can remember one time over these last couple of years when I was taking a shower and somebody had said something that was just festering in me, and I was replaying it and replaying, how should I respond and what must I do to make this go away, to prevail against this opinion being out there, to change this person? When the thought occurred to me, I don't have to obsess over this thought. I don't have to answer it. I don't have to solve it. I don't have to be its victim. I can let it go. So emotionally, forgiveness brings emotional health much more than unforgiveness does. And then relationally, holding grudges keeps people from wanting to reconcile their relationship. 
I don't want to think of you as a good person. Holding grudges causes people to stay angry, cut off the other person emotionally, and feel bitter. Instead of repairing the relationship and getting close support from that person, they put their relational, physical, and emotional health at risk again. And here, all you need to do is think about what kind of person would you like to have for a friend or a boss or a spout? So a spout or a spouse, um, a forgiving person or an unforgiving person. I'm grateful to be uh, married to somebody who loves to practice forgiveness. And Nance gave me permission to tell about this. A couple of days ago, we were in a setting that can be pretty bureaucratic. I won't mention what the place was, but it's one of those places where there can be long waits and kind of tedious hoops that you have to jump through. And at one point, Nancy was meeting with this clerical person and it was taking them a long time to get stuff done. It's just kind of irritating, kind of frustrating, kind of time-wasting. She wasn't feeling very good. She was just getting kind of snippy, kind of irritated. You ever do that? And just not treating this other person um, very nicely. And uh, that kept going on until at one point in requesting information, the other person asked Nancy, and are you employed? Nancy said, yes. And I thought I could see where this is going. And then they asked, who was the name of your employer? Uh, the name of Nancy's employer is Transforming the Bay with Christ. So I was waiting for her because she was feeling badly about how she had been acting to say, you know, Transforming the Bay with Buddha or Molech or Baal or somebody. She actually said the title, but I could tell uh, it was coming at a cost. Literally this morning today, we were back at that same place. Nancy found that person and said to her, uh, I need to apologize to you for the way that I was with you two days ago. And the person just immediately said, that's okay, don't worry about it. And Nancy said, no, look at me. I was irritable with you. I was cranky. I didn't treat you with respect. Uh, I'd like to ask your forgiveness. Would you forgive me? And the other person looked Nancy right in the eyes and said, I forgive you. What a difference in relationships it makes. Not just with the person that has offended me, but see, all the time, if I practice unforgiveness, I become a ruminating, resentful person at the core of my being. And if I practice forgiveness, I become a compassionate and generous person at the core of my being. And that leads to this fourth area, the spiritual area. Uh, whatever you think of when, when it comes to God or faith or life, I want to say a few words about this. Um, there's a reason why forgiveness is so central to the message of Scripture. And it is not just we get to get out of trouble if we believe the right stuff in terms of uh, eternal life what we think of as uh, ultimate pleasure or ultimate pain. Jesus says the kingdom of God is marked primarily by love. And love is mostly about willing the good for the other person and wanting to be with the other person. So the opposite of that love is to have malice, to will the bad for the other person. That's what anger prompts us to do. That's what unforgiveness leads us to do on a chronic basis. So forgiveness is in many ways kind of the highest expression of love. Jesus talked about this miraculous idea of love for enemies. Instead of paying back evil for evil, you pay back evil with blessing. You forgive. Now, here's part of where this is very, very striking. 
Ev Worthington and other folks have done research on this. Very often in our day, we'll hear that we should forgive other people for our own benefit. When you uh, don't forgive somebody, when you're consumed with bitterness and vengeance and resentment, it's like you're in prison. I think it was Anne Lamott who said, not forgiving somebody. Resentment is like taking rat poison and waiting for the rat to die. You're the one taking the poison. There was an article in Psychology Today quite recently that advocated you ought to forgive somebody else for your own benefit. Evan and others have studied this quite carefully. It's very interesting. If you forgive people for your own sake, I'd like to get the benefits of forgiveness. I'd like to be free from resentment. I'd like my health to be better. I'd like my emotional life to be better. Short term, there is kind of a benefit for this. If you just spend a little time working on forgiveness, it works fairly well. However, the alternative is to offer forgiveness, not for my sake, but for the sake of the other person, for the sake of the one who has offended me, in solidarity with them, because I also am a sinful person in need for forgiveness. And I know the joy and relief and deliverance that comes when I experience forgiveness. And I want to give that as a gift. It turns out that people who extend forgiveness out of altruism as a compassionate gift to help somebody else, rather than, I just want to get the benefits for myself, over the long haul, if they put time into it, actually uh, experience forgiveness and the power of forgiveness multiple times more than people who just forgive for their own sake. And of course, I believe this is deeply tied to what Jesus taught, that principle of indirection in the kingdom, that those who are last end up being first, that those who serve end up being great, that those who die to themselves and their ego end up finding life, that those who give receive. If you give, if I give forgiveness as a gift, I end up receiving back from God, from life. It's just the way that the kingdom works. It's the way reality works. I end up receiving joy and fullness and strength and power when I forgive uh, somebody else, not just as a way of escaping pain and unpleasantness and unhealth myself, but as a gift to give. That gets us deeply into the nature of spiritual reality. And we'll talk about that more next time. For today, why should you forgive? I want to invite you to think about that until it is really, really clear for you as you walk through the journey of forgiveness in the way that you have been hurt. Forgive us our debts as we forgive. Thanks for joining us. At Become New, we want to grow spiritually one day at a time, but it's tough to do that alone. So we're offering a little more support for anyone who would like to work on putting the content into practice. You can sign up to receive a text at the end of each week in this series, asking if you completed the here's how portion for that week. If you want, you can reply to the text and let us know how it went, or if you need prayer in taking those action steps. To sign up for the end of week reminder, just text the word MORE to 855-888-0444 and we'll put you on the list. As always, to receive the emails or video links by text, you can let us know at becomenew.com slash subscribe. If you're already signed up for the emails but aren't getting them, 
Try checking your spam folder, or better yet, you can add us to your contact list. Our email address is connect at becomenew.com. If you need prayer, we're here for you. Text your specific prayer request to 855-888-0444. There's a team of us who meet each weekday to pray specifically over every person who sends a text in. We'll catch you next time.